Welcome to The Definitive Rap, where we report the truth about American exceptionalism. We love our flag, we love our country, and we believe in America. The Definitive Rap, where we respect people of faith, the men and women in blue, and our support for Israel. And now your hosts, Bela Sebro. She's the nice one. And Alan Skorsky. Uh, he's not so nice. But together they are the definitive rap. I'm Alan Skorsky with my co-host Bela Sebrow, and welcome to the definitive rap, where we discuss the news items the mainstream media just won't touch. The definitive rap is proud to be the official podcast of vinnews.com. This past Monday morning, as I was browsing my Twitter feed, I came across a press release from Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream stating that they will not renew their contract with the Israeli distributor to sell uh, what they call OPT, quote-unquote, occupied territories. The response from the pro-Israel Jewish community was swift. On social media, major kosher supermarkets were notifying customers that Jihad Ben and Jerry's will no longer be sold in their stores. Morton Williams, a chain of 16 stores in New York, said they will reduce their shelf space by 70% and will stop promoting the brand. The Kosher Authority Rabbinical Supervision of Australia has already delisted the Hamas ice cream brand. Have you noticed I keep degrading their brand? Uh, and now we await a statement from the Cuffcake Kosher Certification, the International <laughs> Congress Agency, who certifies the PLO ice cream on how they plan to proceed. Alas, some of you are asking, do you really think that this multi-billion dollar company really cares if they lose the support of a minority of kosher consumers? Well, today's guest, whom Bela will introduce shortly, is noted attorney David Schoen, who served on the defense for President Trump against impeachment, is here to explain the hot legal water these anti-Semitic social justice warriors may have gotten themselves, Jihad Ben and Jerry's, and even the corporate owners of this hateful brand, Unilever, into. A number of years ago, 33 states signed onto an anti-BDS bill that forbade their states from doing any business with any company who engages in BDS against Israel proper or portions of Israel that are considered, quote, in dispute. Furthermore, this episode has created a public relations nightmare for Unilever, which you can be sure they will not soon forget. Bela? Thank you, Alan. Even if you're a diehard ice cream lover and your taste buds crave the smooth, sweet flavor... The latest developments with Ben & Jerry's have certainly added a bitter taste in the mouths of many. So for the benefit of our audience, on July 19th, Ben & Jerry's Global announced its decision to stop sales of its ice cream in post-1967 communities. Unilever Global Firm, which acquired Ben & Jerry's in 2000, seems responsible for the boycott of citizens living in Judea, Samaria, and post-1967 parts of Jerusalem. There are people who say, all right, so what? Ben and Jerry's is not the only game in town, so to speak. But that's not the point. It's not about the ice cream, but the dangerous politics behind it. And by the way, Unilever also owns Cornetto, Hellman's, Knorr, Magnum, Marmite, Lipton, Dove, Purcell, Purcell, excuse me, Tresemme, and Vaseline, to name a few. So this is not just buy a different ice cream type of situation. Here to talk more about it is attorney David Schoen, who led the defense of former President Trump's second impeachment hearing. 
He has extensive, complex litigation experience as lead counsel in trial and appellate courts throughout the country. David served for a year as a law clerk to Honorable Truman M. Hobbs, Chief Judge of the United States District Court for the Middle District of Alabama, who had been Alabama's preeminent trial lawyer for a generation prior to taking the bench. In 1995, David was honored by the American Bar Association with, with its National Pro Bono Public Award. In 2015, David was honored by Boston College Law School with its Honorable David S. Nelson Public Interest Award, named for a great federal judge and humanitarian. He has been honored by leading Israeli institution for the welfare of children with its Migdal Or Tower of Light Award. David Schoen graduated Columbia University Law School with a Master of Laws and from Boston Law College School, J.D. Kamlada. David, welcome back again to our show. Thank you very much. Ben and Jerry's announced their intention to boycott hundreds of thousands of citizens living in Judea and Samaria. Does the announced policy also trigger potential legal ramifications? Oh, I think so. Mm-hmm. On a number of fronts. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are many kosher establishments around the world that have pulled Ben and Jerry's off their shelves in protests. So let's first talk a little bit about the um, potential legal uh, ramifications and before okay. we go on to um, talk about something else. Okay, yeah, sure. I, I think the people power response is even more important than the uh, legal response. Let's talk about the legal response. Yes, um, that's it. Yeah. You and Alan both mentioned the sort of infighting that's going on between Unilever and this independent board of Ben and Jerry. There apparently was an agreement uh, between Unilever and Ben and Jerry's when they were acquired in 2000 that they would, that Ben and Jerry's could retain some autonomy. On the other hand, Unilever clearly is legally responsible for Ben and Jerry's actions. And to the extent those actions transgress the law, Unilever should be made liable as well. So about the kinds of legal challenges, I, I think they exist on potentially on a number of fronts. First of all, there are federal anti-boycott laws that have been around since the 70s. You have the 1977 Export Administration Act, the Ribicoff Amendment to the 1976 Tax Reform Act, Trade Facilitation Trade Enforcement Act, some federal legislation that could be triggered. But then, as Alan mentioned, there, or you mentioned, both of you mentioned, there are 33 states that have passed anti-boycott laws. And the way those laws operate generally is the state passes a law that prohibits the state from entering into a contract with or investing their money with a company that boycotts Israel. And they say, why, why Israel? Because Israel has been the target of these discriminatory boycotts and Israel alone, no matter the misconduct by horrible countries around the world, only because of root anti-Semitism is Israel singled out by these companies uh, for boycott uh, based on false narratives. And in this case, you mentioned earlier, you know, about a political narrative going on that goes beyond just their business decision. If you read what the CEO of Ben and Jerry says, it's blatant anti-Semitism, blatant anti-Israel rhetoric that's been going on for years from this person. And she was angry at, at Unilever for saying they'd like to continue doing business in Israel. But specifically, the way the legal challenges might work would be like this. Um, first of all, the company could sue uh, in the States, triggering one of the anti-boycott laws. But the most likely way would be for a state to disinvest, uh, um, divest their funds from any investment in Unilever. There's already a news story today in the Jerusalem Post about the Texas comptroller considering whether to pull their funds from Unilever. There's a law that was passed in Texas. It's uh, Texas uh, Government Code Chapter 808 that prohibits their pension funds from investing 
in any company that boycotts. Unilever clearly is boycotting now. Um, but listen, I think that the challenges go beyond that because remember, every corporation, publicly traded corporation like Unilever has an obligation to report to its shareholders and it has an overriding duty of care or to act in its shareholders' best interests. Yeah. Can you say then if they're going to face worldwide condemnation, at least from the Jews and people who support fairness, they have a duty to report that to their shareholders. They have a duty to act in the shareholders' interest, not on political basis, but in the best economic interest of the company. So you may see shareholder lawsuits against Unilever now. Mm. I've, had a, I've prosecuted a lawsuit against Unilever in the past. They played very dirty in the case that I had with them. But ultimately, can you they, share that a little bit. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, Are you at liberty to do so. Sure, I can't uh, discuss the exact settlement terms. No, I understand. But I'll say that it was a products liability case. Unilever made a can of hairspray that many years earlier had severely burnt a 19-year-old girl. They knew this was a dangerous product. They, however, decided to put a warning on the can that was much less than the danger that the can posed, much less severe warning. They had an expert witness who had testified in the earlier case who had said this aerosol can is like a bomb in a can, but they ignored that. And they put a relatively mild warning on it. My client lived in a small apartment in New York. She was a woman of modest means. And on her way out the door, she decided just to spray some hairspray on her hair. She did it and she completely ignited. Why? Because the kitchen was next to the door. She didn't have the kitchen stove lit. A pilot light below the stove was on. And because it was such a dangerous can, it ignited and killed her. So Unilever at first, they played dirty. I tried to negotiate with them before we filed. And they said that they wanted to consider it. But instead, they misled me about their company. They strung it out until the statute of limitations almost ran. But ultimately, I had to sue them. And uh, they finally caved in and settled the case. Well, David, um, as you know, Unilever came out with a press release of their own. And it may have been preemptive where they said that they're going to remain within Israel. And I think you may have mentioned this, that uh, the board went nuts because it was an unauthorized press release. In your mind, was this a leak? Was this a calculated move on their part to preempt lawsuits against them? Or is this more of a PR thing for them? What was the purpose and what did they think that they were going to gain by issuing that preemptive release without authorization? Great question. I think it's both. I think it's clearly a PR move. But I also think that they're not dummies. I mean, they know that they're going to be facing legal challenges now. The government of Israel has told them that and so on. But frankly, I take the other side. I would prefer Israel to boot them out and not permit them to do business in Israel. Um, and, you know, as Bela pointed out, they have a lot of prime products on the market. Right. You know, we, we always talk about this kind of thing. These so-called progressives, who I call regressives, talk about, you know, boycotting Israel all the time but they're using computers with chips from Israel and they get up in the morning and yeah, the bathroom goes yeah. off from it. That kind of nonsense, you know. Bela? Yes. Um, we talked a little bit about kosher establishments around the world that have pulled Ben and Jerry's off their shelves of protest. Are you aware of any non-Jewish establishments that have done the same? Not yet, but I, I'm hoping that, that follows because again, you're talking here about fair-mindedness. It's un-American to boycott someone based on their religious beliefs, or in this case, listen, let's call it like it is. This is a false narrative. This idea, their press relief says, occupied Palestinian territories. The most you could possibly say from any legal perspective is that this are, these are disputed territories. But any legal scholar worth her or his salt would tell you that Israel has the best claim to every piece of territory that they're talking about, starting with Jerusalem, the unified capital, the nation of Israel, 
but also and they call the West Bank, Judea and Samaria. Israel has the best legal claim. There's no Palestinian sovereignty that the law has recognized over this, no matter how much people pander and call them occupied territories or illegally occupied territories. I remember getting into it once in a piece that Kofi Annan wrote in the New York Times calling them illegally occupied territories. And uh, frankly, a professor from Columbia University supported my position on this, um, although he's not necessarily a lover of Israel. But he said, clearly, they're not illegally occupied territories. And I said, it's further than that. They're not occupied territories. Prime Minister Netanyahu has used the term occupied. But in a legal sense, they are not occupied territories. You know, David, um, one of the things, and whoever gets involved with this uh, from a legal perspective doesn't need my legal uh, guidance. But um, Ben Cohn has a long, long history of associating with virulently anti-Israel organizations, group like Answer, uh, like True Global Exchange. I wrote an article in 2003 about, uh, about Ben and Jerry's because they were parading with all these anti-America, anti-Israel organizations. And here are just some of the positions stated by Global Exchange, supported by Ben Cohn. One, Israel is illegally occupying Palestinian land. Israel systematically violates the, right, the human rights of Palestinians. U.S. aid to Israel violates the U.S.'s own laws. And there are more. So I bring this up only because a Unilever is never going to be able to say we didn't know. Had we known before, we would have changed you know, our relationship with them to prevent this from happening. So they knew who they're in bed with. And now it's come back to bite them in the ass. That's right. And, you know, uh, you're 100% right. That, by the way, that I have to tell you, it's not pandering. That's why this show is so important. You're pulling up chapter and verse that proves the point. A lot of these shows do, you know, fluff pieces on it. Let's deal with the facts. And the facts are on your side. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Bailey asked the question earlier, why does this really matter? This is just sort of, uh, you know, maybe it's nothing to people. Oh, big deal. Israel and Ben and Jerry's huge company. You can say that about Airbnb then too, right? They, uh, you know, they pulled out of uh, parts of Israel and they were condemned roundly. Look, they were celebrated by, you know, AOL and Flabe and right. that kind of crowd. But it goes to show you, they eventually caved. So, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't have thought that a couple small places in Israel would be a big deal to that company. But uh, you know, we'll see what's going to happen. You're, but you're right. Ben and Jerry's has been out front with these anti-Semitic, anti-Israel statements for a long time, uh, just self-hating. David, uh, we have anti-BDS laws that should be enforced. Should people contact their local representatives and legislators to demand that Ben and Jerry's not be allowed to be sold at state universities and other state agencies? Oh, I think absolutely. I think that's where it's got to start now. Uh, Contact this, like you, as we say, you know, Texas Comptroller. Contact the people involved with these various funds, with the education system in the states. You know, that's going to be a place. Many of the education systems could well have a contract with Ben and Jerry's. It's the investment in Unilever with pension funds and other public funds, but it's also access to the consumers for Ben and Jerry's under state auspices. You know, you can't just say, we're not going to let Ben and Jerry's in the state because they discriminate uh, necessarily, but you can say our state will not do business with a company that discriminates like this and that violates the law. Right. No, I know, Bela, you had asked earlier if we knew of any non-Jewish establishments. So I saw this on Facebook, and to me, I'm always leery. Um, but somebody had posted that Publix had been pulling it. I haven't confirmed it, 
I just heard it. Other people are going to verify it. But Bela, you also asked about whether this is our responsibility to press our legislators or they do it on their own. Um, in Oklahoma, Senator Lankford has already called on the state of Oklahoma to invoke whatever, however the terminology is, to invoke the uh, anti-BDS to keep um, Ben and and Unilever out of their state. Not shockingly, Chuck Schumer the Jewish senator from the very Jewish state has been silent on this once again. So again, you contrast this, and I hate making this political because this is so. This is an issue of morality, not politics. But once again, this is what we're going to see happening. Right, and, and can you imagine if this were, let's just say, another religious, uh, religiously associated state in the world, and uh, and there was a boycott going on against them? No matter the human rights violations that go on in one after another of those states. But if anyone dared to say, or let's just take uh, this Tlaib's Palestinian authority filled with corruption, filled with human rights violations, let's just say, you know, Ben and Jerry's or some other company said, we're simply not going to do business with them because of their corruption. Tlaib and the whole crowd on Capitol Hill would go crazy with that. And unfortunately, I'm afraid you'd see these days perhaps President Biden coming down on her side because Bernie Sanders certainly would be. So you say, you know, it's not it shouldn't be political and it shouldn't be. But unfortunately, every issue is today. Right. I do want to point out that the CEO of Ben and Jerry's is Avi Zinger and his factory is in southern Israel. And he employs hundreds of Israelis, Jewish, Muslim and Christian. He actually refused Ben and Jerry's Global when they demanded he stop selling in the West Bank. And he said he will be selling across the Jewish homeland. David, where do you see this going with with the Kaf, uh, with the Kaf, uh, the Kafke Hashgacha kosher certification? What do you think it's going? Yeah. Because uh, they haven't polled yet. From what I understand, they have not polled yet. They that will be issuing a statement soon, though. Go ahead, David. I apologize. Yeah. No, not at all. That to me should be a no-brainer uh, from a moral standpoint, and should send a message, you know, across the bow immediately. Kafke should be pulling uh, Ben and Jerry's product. Should not give supervision to Ben and Jerry's. Um, and that sends a very strong message. Again, Ben and Jerry's might not care, but I, I do, you do, right. um, and I think many people wouldn't. It sends a very strong message. Uh, beyond that, I think that for a while, Ben and Jerry's is going to try to hold firm. Um, you know, these are people who are ideologues, and they're against Israel from their core. And they'll get plenty of vocal support from people who have media access, like AOL, Tlaib, and uh, Omar, and uh, sort of their fellow travelers. And they're going to raise these First Amendment, you know, speech issues and all of yeah, that. business. Yeah. This is simply about discriminating uh, against the state of Israel. Of course. And also they, they could also get private uh, certification. They can, you know, from the private rabbis who, sure. you know, would, may lend their support. You know, we don't yeah. know. Um, but what what can be done to stop that from happening? I, I don't think anything can be done to stop. I think just educating, educating people that, you know, uh, First of all, what it what it says if uh, private uh, would go out and give certification. But secondly, you know, people people who care about this kind of thing care about who the certifying age certifying agency is. Right. And once that message is sent by the Chafke, that's going to be reverberate around the Jewish community. And I think I think around the world. But it's true, you know, as you say, the CEO of Ben and Jerry's in Israel, as Mr. Zinger, makes the point that you're this is like SodaStream again. You're cheating. At, Palestinian Arabs out of work now. Um, and you're hurting the economy that helps them in Judea and Samaria also. Okay, Ben and Jerry's doesn't care about that at all. Ben and Jerry's wants to make a political statement. Um, 
I hold I hope that, you know, he'll hold firm. I hope that uh, Prime Minister Bennett means it when he says there will be consequences. It doesn't have to be in a threatening way. It just has to be matter of fact. You don't do business in Israel if you discriminate against Israel. And that means any part of Israel, period. Uh, you know, David, as an attorney and a good skilled attorney as you are, it's part of your job to also always think two steps ahead to know what the other side is going to do. And that's what p- political strategists do all the time. Before Ben and Jerry's issued this press release, and this is what dawned on me, their agreement doesn't expire for another year and a half. So how stupid were you to create this SH storm needlessly? If you were smart, you'd have waited a week before it's about to terminate. You don't do it a year and a half to now give us the chance to give you such a, you know, a potch back. Um, do you know? Do you think that they consulted with their attorneys, or do you think that this is just a group of uh, ideological Jew haters, Israel haters? That you know what? Let's issue a press release a year and a half in advance just to see what happens. Yeah, I think it's both. I'm sure that they uh, consulted with their attorneys. I think their attorneys are simply like-minded. They told them, yes, you can get away with this, but you're right. Why should they have done it now? I think part of it might be that the sort of temperature of the times these days seems to be, you know, that AOL Tlaib and the hate squad are in the news all the time. And this supports their agenda. You have midterm elections coming up. Maybe it's all part of that package. But I think, you know, these folks think they're taking the high road with their horrible fundamental discrimination. I think you meant AOC, by the way. Yeah, I said AOL. AOC. Bela, I know you had another question to ask. Yes, yes. Um, so my fear is the old adage, monkey see, monkey do. And yes, David, as you said, education is important, educating people. But there has to be more done, as in prevention is the best medicine. There has to be more done. I, I, I fear that this, this, this can trigger... Um, a chain reaction. Sure, it could. But we, we're not going to be able to wipe out anti-Semitism, unfortunately. And so no. for corporate America, this is one way that facilitates their anti-Semitism. It lets them put that into practice and hopefully, you know, for them, cause some pain. We have to stand firm. We have to make clear moral statements against this stuff, exposing what it is. We have to hope that the majority of clear-minding people see the discrimination for what it is. I think we have to publicly juxtapose places where Ben and Jerry's does business that really are human rights violators uh, versus what happens in Israel, how open-minded Israel is, how uh, uh, wide and broad Israel's umbrella is compared to these other countries. But, you know, it's very hard to deal with anti-Semites in any kind of rational manner. It just, their position is not rational. It's just filled with hate. And so we have to bring consequences on the legal front, on the PR front, and, uh, you know, hopefully there are going to be editorials written to just, you know, there's a decent piece today in the Wall Street Journal about it. But um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. You have to speak powerfully against this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, David, one of the things that we brought up earlier in this discussion was the groups behind this uh, this boycott. And when uh, Ben and Jerry's put out the press release, he said that we are responding to our partners and supporters. So I went back to say, who are these people? Yeah. And it's a group called Vermonters for Justice in Palestine. Now, I never heard of them before this, and I'm pretty much, you know, I follow what's going on. I went to their Facebook page. They have 2,500 followers. Now, their organization is full-blown support of the full BDS. They, they didn't want just the OPT, as they call it. They wanted all of Israel. And I'm asking myself, Ben and Jerry's, 
this huge, humongous corporation, you caved to Vermonters for justice in Palestine. So there is much more here that is going to be uncovered, peeling back an onion until we get to the center of this, because this did not just happen in a vacuum. You know, as you said, this has been a long time brewing. Why they pick now? Who the heck knows? But uh, obviously, there's much more play here. Public relations, legal. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are about that. And just one second. And Alan, as I said before, my fear is that other companies may be doing the same thing as, as in a chain reaction. We just don't know. You know, right. who That's could be working important. behind the scenes and working in their basement or, or doing what, you know, yeah. doing the That's, exact same thing. That's why it's so important to respond quickly and forcefully and to show them the pain, not, you know, anything other than through legal challenges and through the PR in this case, I frankly am glad if Ben and Jerry's were going to do this, I'm glad that they did it with a blatant political statement that right. shows their hatred and shows yeah. misuse of the facts, misuse of the terms. So let's open that debate up now to talk about occupied Palestinian territories and so on and, you know, cast out the canard that they're raised. Right. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, go ahead, Alan. Do you have one more question? Because we're running out of time. Okay. So uh, right now, again, we know that the Israeli government has stood firm. Um, we know that uh, Yair Lapid, who I'm not a big fan of, but, you know, he came also with a very forceful statement. So aside from what's happening between the U.S. and Israel now, which will become a political hot potato, does this affect anything that happens in Europe? Do any European governments have any type of anti-BDS legislation, or is this something that was just came up in the United States? Well, you know, they, they've, unfortunately, there have been a number of initiatives within European nations to support BDS, actually, even formally through the United Nations. They've had this so-called UN boycott list that they've been promoting and so on. Theoretically, they have anti-discrimination laws in a number of countries in Europe. They don't seem to apply them when it comes to Israel. But they should. Germany should certainly be speaking out against this. You know, they 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 seek refuge in this idea. This is just isolated to occupy, which we European countries consider to be illegal. Therefore, all Ben and Jerry's is doing is making a statement about those illegal territories. And that's where the fear Baylor raises could come in if this gives them that excuse. That's why we have to, again, uh, dissuade anyone from thinking that this is about uh, supporting any illegal activity anywhere. It's complete nonsense. Right. Really, it's not just about ice cream. It just looks like it's about ice cream, but it's really not about ice cream. Thank you, David. We are out of time. Uh, We we appreciate your professional wealth of information. And uh, we welcome you having to join us again. uh, And we hope you will join us again in the future. Great show. And it's always an honor. In our last segment, we interviewed attorney David Schoen on the legal ramifications for Ben and Jerry's and Unilever. In this segment, we are honored to have with us Nassau County Councilman Bruce Blakeman, who in record time mobilized the town of Hempstead in Long Island, New York, to initiate the anti-BDS legislation to ban all contracts between the town and Unilever. Welcome to the show, Councilman. Thank you so much, Alan. Appreciate it. Thank you. Now, my first question for you is, once Ben and Jerry's issued the press release, what were the first steps that you took to get the town of Hempstead to act? And how did you mobilize members of both parties so quickly? Well, first of all, uh, in the town of Hempstead in 2016, uh, and I should add that the town of Hempstead is America's largest township. We have close to 800,000 people and we are bigger than some states. So we're talking about a significantly large community of which probably 
uh, over 150,000 of our residents are Jewish. So that would make us one of the largest Jewish communities uh, in the world. So we heard from constituents that were very happy that we passed the first anti-BDS law in America, to my knowledge. Uh, and then basically what happened was we did not have an occasion over the last five years to enforce the law until Ben and Jerry's made their announcement that they were not going to operate in Judea and Samaria, which we see as a violation of our anti-BDS law. So what happened was uh, I heard from a number of community leaders, spiritual leaders, rabbis, uh, those that run uh, local yeshivas, uh, indicating that they were aware that we had anti-BDS legislation and would we do something about this? So I spoke with Supervisor Clavin and Councilman uh, D'Esposito, asked them uh, for their support in enforcing the anti-BDS, not only against Ben and Jerry's, but also against their parent company, Unilever. Right. And uh, they thoroughly endorsed my recommendation, as did all the other members of, of our town board. Uh, we have uh, a Democrat on our town board who is an African-American woman. She's our senior councilwoman, Dorothy Goosby, who is a civil rights leader, a, a well-known civil rights leader. And she not only voted for the anti-BDS legislation, but she also said that if we have this law and they're violating it, we have to enforce it. And she was at the press conference today as well. So it was bipartisan. It was people from all communities that were standing with Israel and recognizing, recognizing that all of this BDS stuff is anti-Semitic. It's not just anti-Israel, right. it's anti-Semitic. Right. Councilman. Until now, what was the relationship between Unilever and the town of Hempstead? And how much money are we talking about uh, in this cancellation? Also, who is it affecting? Universities, uh, nursing homes, hospitals? Yeah, so uh, that's a good question, Bela. So uh, the town of Hempstead has uh, probably close to 100 parks, if not more, um, we also have uh, catering facilities. Uh, we have other vendors. We purchase a lot of, uh, of uh, products for use in our town and for town government. So this would apply to anybody that does direct business with the town. So in other words, if you are a restaurant that's operating in a town park, if you are a vendor that's operating at our beach, if you are selling products to our maintenance department or general services, basically we will go through the list of Unilever uh, products and tell our vendors and our suppliers that there are certain products they cannot use, the products from Unilever, until they rescind what, uh, what they did uh, with Ben and Jerry's. Or, listen, Unilever... You're a big company. Sell Ben and Jer Jerry's. Get rid of them. They're, right. they're bad people, and they're on the wrong side of, uh, of, of what's uh, right in America. The fact that 
we should have religious freedom and the fact that Jewish people should be able to practice their religion without bigotry, without anti-Semitism, because uh, people ask all the time, being anti-Israel is not being anti-Semitic. Isn't that true? And it's not true because these people that want to boycott or divest or sanction Israel, they never say anything about countries with horrible human rights records, nothing compared to the United States uh, or Israel, like Venezuela, like Cuba, like Iran, like Yemen, North Korea, China, Russia. We could go down a whole list of countries and they never, ever say a word about them, which indicates that they are focusing on Israel because it's a Jewish state. And we cannot... uh, close our eyes to that, and we cannot uh, pretend that they are just uh, arguing against issues related to a, to a foreign government, to Israel. It's about anti-Semitism. They're singling Israel out because it's a Jewish state, and we're not going to tolerate that. Councilman, can you take us through the steps, whether it's a town, a city, or a state? Because as you've read, Texas now is about to initiate their boycott of Unilever and Ben and & Jerry's. Can you take us through the steps of once it gets triggered, what is the process from beginning until the uh, boycott becomes official uh, state or town policy? Well, Well, here's what we would like. First of all, I don't know whether or not uh, the volume of dollars with respect to the business that Unilever does with the town of Hempstead is something that is going to move the needle. What we think is going to move the needle is the fact that we are America's largest township. We represent close to 800,000 people. And we are saying that this is wrong and we're taking action in the hopes that other people and other agencies and other governments join with us. So I was very, very pleased to hear about uh, Texas, what they might do. Love to see Florida get on board. Unfortunately, I'm very pessimistic about New York State because New York State has had a bill pending for five years, anti-BDS legislation that can't, can't get passed because the same anti-Semitic hate America crowd is in Albany that's in Washington. And I'm talking about people who side with Omar, Tlaib, AOC, and Bernie Sanders. Those those are people that are not only anti-Israel, they're anti-American. They want to change our Judeo-Christian system. They want to destroy capitalism. And we're not going to let that happen. Thank you. Um, Councilman, when the town made the call, what was their response? Did they try to say, it's not our fault, don't punish us for what Ben and Jerry's did? Well, we haven't heard from Unilever yet. Uh, We're hoping that they will take notice. And because of programs like this one uh, and the, the media that we had today, you know, we had four New York City uh, TV stations there. 
we had our local cable TV station there, which is uh, a very large cable news network. Um, and we are now getting a lot of international uh, coverage of what we've done because what we've done is, is, is do something that is very strong and very courageous on the part uh, of my colleagues on the town board. So I want to commend uh, Supervisor Clavin, Councilman D'Esposito, Councilman Goosby, Councilman Muscarella, uh, Councilman Dunn, and Councilman Carini, because um, they never wavered, they never uh, cowered because they're afraid of taking on such a large organization as Unilever. And quite frankly, I think Unilever now has serious regrets in giving Ben and Jerry so much leeway because earlier this morning, I was very happy to hear that their stock was down $3 a share, which is very significant. So um, hopefully this will have an impact on them and uh, they will see the error of their ways. A lot of pressure applied. Um, You're currently running for Nassau County Executive. So as the executive, how much more influence would you have to solidify what you've already initiated? Well, that, that's, that's, that's a great question. Yes, I am running for county executive. Um, basically, there is an anti-BDS uh, law that was passed by the Nassau County Legislature, the Republican majority in the legislature. Um, so we'd like to see them join us in enforcing their law. Uh, the current county executive, she always says nice things. However, she's a Democrat who has yet to denounce Tlaib, Omar, AOC, or Bernie Sanders. Now, these people are anti-Semitic. They're anti-American, quite frankly. And if in my party we had somebody that was anti-Semitic, we would demand that they get out of our party and we would denounce them. But the progressives who are moving uh, this this anti-Semitic uh, cause, they, they won't let Democrats speak out against Correct. the BDS because they're sympathizers right. and they've got their whole party scared to death of these anti-American, socialist, anti-Semitic people that I believe are a minority in the Democratic Party but everybody's afraid of them and they're cowering to them. And unless Democrats get courageous and throw them out of their party, uh, it's a real national disgrace. Thank you, Councilman Blakeman, for leading this valiant effort. And thank you to our audience for tuning in and to vinnews.com for our show being their official podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Definitive Wrap with your hosts, Bela Sebro and Alan Skorsky. Be sure to tell your family and friends they also can listen to The Definitive Wrap on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and your favorite streaming service. See you next time on The Definitive Wrap.